The following program contains important but graphic material. These topics are designed to foster discussion, but may be objectionable to some. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. This program is a training program on human trafficking, sextortion, social media exploitation, and child pornography based on actual cases. Our mission is to eradicate human exploitation and bring predators to justice. Now, here is the host of the program, Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. This is Opal Singleton and we come to you every Thursday morning at 7 a.m. right here in beautiful, wonderful, sorry to say this folks, warm Southern California. I love living here. I'm a Midwest girl and I've been here over 50 years and I'm, it's my place. But I will tell you there are days that the when you see the politics in Southern California or Northern California, it gets downright scary. You know, we just had this thing where the um, the people in Sacramento decided we should be a sanctuary state. I find that fascinating. I don't want to get into politics here because this is a uh, educational program. But I, honest to God, thought this was a nation of we the people, and nobody got to vote on that. I want to share with you, though. This wasn't where I was going. I I have a. Uh, a lot of different directions for this show today. I'll tell you about that in a minute. But I do want to continue with my thought. I had not intended to. But, you know, one of the challenges of that law that was passed without anybody voting on it is there's a lot of small print in it that affects crime and crime solving. And it's a lot more than the immigration issue. Now, I know there's big arguments on both sides of the immigration issue. I find myself on both sides of the issue, quite frankly. I know some people who are undocumented and I love them to death. They're amazing people. I know some that have been exploited and should never have been exploited and, and like that. But I also know that coming in with them is a whole lot of MS-13 and some really bad people and need to be taken out. So how do you fix that problem? I can't tell you. But part of that sanctuary state law, there's some small print in there and people are still trying to figure out what this is going to look like in reality. It basically says that you can't have uh, federal law enforcement setting side by side with state and and uh, county and you know law enforcement, city law enforcement. I suppose the idea of putting that small print in there is they don't want local law enforcement collaborating with ICE who might deport. And uh, I get that, but that's a far-reaching statement because, quite frankly, there are many crimes like human trafficking, sex trafficking, where, you know, we have to collaborate. These are very complex programs. We have a a case right here in in our community. Uh, It's a closed case now. But a fellow by the name of uh, just a creep, just a really bad, bad, bad guy. His name was Lawrence Gunn Jr. And he recruited 28 girls. They were 15 to 18 for the most part. Some were a little older. And in this case, he tattooed them with his gang moniker. And that was classified. And he tattooed them right down the side of their faces and across their forehead. and I, I mean, right visible on there. But they were recruited from our community, but they were sold into Los Angeles, Alaska, and Minnesota. Now, that's where we know they were. We know they didn't probably fly up there. They hit many spots along the way, and everybody was trying to figure out where they were. 
but we were able to get him into prison and uh, and get him off the street without all that data. But think about that. Your local law enforcement needs to set with your local federal because the federal is going to be handling Alaska and Minnesota. So what happens to those cases where we can't collaborate? Now, apparently we can still talk by phone. Uh, that That's uh, kind of archaic in this day and age. You have email. But it's a whole lot better if you're all in a room together and doing this. And quite frankly, our task force works with Homeland Security and the FBI. And they're incredible people, you know, and I'm not seeing them deport anybody. So, you know, we have to be careful with laws that we develop because, you know, each and every time it seems like we're we're crawling up a mountain on our knees trying to get the tools and the support that we need to solve these problems. These problems are getting more and more complex. You you probably, some of you that follow me regularly, heard me talk a while back about scale and scope. Um, you know, we're, we're getting bigger cases. Well, I was talking to the team about that recently, that, you know, we have a case with 22 uh, perpetrators. Um, the Dog Pound Gang, they had a, a whole lot of... Uh, a perpetrator. Same way with the bulldog gang. You know, down here we see cases where they're those were Fresno, California gangs, by the way. But I see them, you know, I, I look at every human trafficking case in America every day and every child pornography case. You know, the Cholo gang down there in Houston, huge, absolutely huge, and lots of perpetrators. They, um, the Asian, um, it was the uh, Thai prostitution ring, had, you know, it, it had, uh, I think, 12 U.S. people, but two in Bangkok. Uh, so that when a sex buyer went into a to a massage parlor or here in Los Angeles or Dallas or Chicago, they were basically sending money to the Thailand cartel, and it was being run out of Bangkok. So how does your local law enforcement solve that if you don't sit side by side and fix these problems? So things are getting more and more complex, and we need to take a look at that. I I was thinking about that because I'm going to attempt to talk about some of the new technologies today. Now, I, I had really wanted to have Lynn uh, I never can say his name, and he's such a great guy. It's Ettinger. <laughs> I can't say it. Ettinger. Anyway, I really wanted to have him on. He's our uh, cyber currency expert. But uh, anyway, I'm very fortunate that I have technology people who counsel me all over the world, actually, in Switzerland and Canada and, and uh, all over. So I had really hoped to have them on, but I am going to go that direction. What I want to do today is just kind of open your eyes. I guess I just really want to unload my soul. (laughs) I got to do that this weekend, by the way. I do want to take a second out and say thank you to everyone who came to our symposium that we had last Saturday. I am still recovering from that. Of course, I've had a very busy week. Yesterday, I made five presentations to 1,100 people, and I'm getting old, folks. But anyway, uh, it was an amazing, amazing deal. I never once in my life thought that would ever happen. And we will be posting the photo, the uh, the videotape of that in the next couple of weeks. We probably will sell it because we need to raise funds. I'm probably the worst fundraiser you ever met, and we must have funding. We must have people donating to us if we're going to stay on the air, if we're going to combat 
sex buying here in Southern California, if we're going to train law enforcement, and if we're going to run million kids, missing kids, and help parents find their kids, they got to have income. So, um, but I really appreciated those people who came to that symposium. We maxed out. We were only going to allow 200. I was hoping for 40. <laughs> I'm just sitting here in my own little world, which is how I exist, reading all this stuff going, oh, my heck, what do I do? How do I fix this? How do I, what do, what do, how can I educate people so this will stop? And 200 amazing people came. I mean, I'm talking seriously professional, advanced people. Some flew in from Alaska, uh, came over from Phoenix, came up from San Diego. We we maxed out at 200, and I thought seven hours of very hardcore material on those very hard chairs. This, I'll be lucky if there's 100 people left in the room by 4 o'clock. I'm telling you, there was almost everybody stayed, and it was simply amazing. So thank you for all of you that endured it, uh, and thank you for your patience for me as I recover from trying to prepare seven hours of presentations, but um, very advanced material. But we will make that available before too long. It will be a download. I don't know what we're going to charge. Maybe the same as my book. I don't know. I did that because I'm in the process of writing my next book, and I'm, I really want to open your eyes to what is going on. It's changing so fast I can hardly get it in a book, so that's why I went to the public there. What, what I want to really take this out, I'm going to end up talking about blockchain and uh, what that means in crime and crime solving to the best that we can determine today. Uh, we don't know. You know, there's a lot of unknowns. But let me kind of step back a little bit. You can't call in. You know from the stats that a heavy amount of our followers are not in my time zone, and they pick it up by archive. And you can do that. You can go to exploitedcrimes.com. That is exploitedcrimes.com. Go on to listen, and you will see 60 hours of these radio recordings on different subjects. And by the way, you can get an embed code. It's absolutely free. It's not as hard as it sounds. We'll help you. And you can put all those shows on your site if you want to do that as an extra resource. There is absolutely no charge for that. Anyway, if you decide you want to call in and straighten out my act, you can call me at 866-472-5788. That's that is 866-472-5788. For all those you people that are in different time zones or around the world, you can email me at opal, O-P-A-L, at millionkids.org. So you've heard me say some of this before, but I want to repeat it because it's heavy on my heart, and I want to share with you what I am seeing and what I'm trying to process. And I welcome your expertise. I am just one human being. I'm not particularly technical, although I read a lot of technical articles. Uh, but I, I'm one human being who's deep in this with one perspective. And that doesn't always make me right. So straighten me out. I won't have any problem with that. Give me a different point of view. And we will take that on. But I believe, and this is what my next book will be about, that we are in a societal shift. Now, I mean that with all my heart. I'd, I'd ask you to stop uh, and think about your lives and all the things that have happened in your lives in the last two to 
five years even, even the last 10 years. It is simply mind-boggling. I, uh, I had, I've been talking to a lot of students this year, uh, this week, excuse me, seemed like a year. <laughs> anyway, I did 1,100 students yesterday. Whoa. Anyway, I've done a lot of students this week, and it's fascinating because we were talking to them about a payphone. I'd encourage you to go to YouTube and look at teenagers looking at a payphone. It is a riot. You know, what has happened in our lifetime? They don't know what a payphone is. They can't figure out why you would only go three feet with a phone handle and how you push those buttons and where on earth do you, why do you put money in in the first place? And then where do you put money in and how do you text on it? Okay. And this is not all that long ago. There might even be a few phones left, although I'm sure they're full of graffiti by now. But I want you to think about the societal shift. We are seeing massive populations be disrupted all over the world. And that will change everything. It's changing cultures. It's changing uh, moral beliefs. It's changing uh, their desperation level. It's changing economic conditions in many, many countries. We are seeing people coming up from South America. We are changing our laws. My own state has said, we don't care if it's a federal law, we aren't going to honor it. Well, that's an interesting approach to law enforcement. Because when do we get to pick and choose which ones we're going to honor? And it's an interesting thing to me that a state body has decided they are not going to honor certain laws, but they have chosen which laws we're not going to honor. I can guarantee you that if I'm caught speeding, they're going to give me a ticket. So they're not overlooking that law. They're just looking over the laws they want to overlook. We are already up against this break, folks. Stay with us. We're going to be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Seduced, The Grooming of America's Teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers, will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Helen Hillocks, Todd Benton, and Chris Reeves. 
Interrevolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O P A L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited. Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome back to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. Uh, My name is Opal Singleton. As they said, I work with Million Kids, M-I-L-L-I-O-N. That is because more than a million kids are trafficked each year throughout the world. We're about to celebrate our 10th anniversary. It's hard to believe it will be in July and we're going to throw a big party of some sort. I haven't figured it out yet. I'm still recovering from the symposium. So, But uh, I'm really on a roll here in a direction I had never intended to go, but I'm going to stay on this roll. Uh, hopefully, it'll spark some controversy, and you're welcome to give me your opinion. And uh, I'm assuming it won't agree with mine, but I'm open. Huh? I look at lots of angles of things. But I'm, I'm toying with this idea here that our state, and I, I was really going to take this in the way of technology, and I probably still will, but our state has decided to instruct its citizens not to follow federal law. And they have decided which laws for us not to follow. And that's a fascinating time in history, isn't it? Uh, we're talking about a societal shift. And uh, and you're seeing this in Europe, too. You know, it's, it's kind of an interesting thing. Uh, you're having uh, massive amounts of people flood into, uh, like, Norway, Sweden, uh, um, Germany, especially uh, uh, France, UK, completely taken over. There's something called no-go zones where law enforcement doesn't even go into it. They've developed kind of a sub-community that is operating outside the federal law of that nation, and nobody goes into there. And uh, so it is a fascinating time in history when you have a sub-government, because California is a government that is part of the United States of America. Let me say that again, United States of America. And that means California is one of the United States. However, California has decided that they're not going to have their citizens honor one of the federal laws. Now, the feds are saying, hold it, you're the United States of America, including California, and we have federal laws. But it's fascinating to me that we have a a governor who has said, and this is not a political, I'm not talking Democrat, Republic. I'm, I'm looking at the issue of what happens in society and crime and crime solving when a head of state, 
in this case our governor, has said, I want you to obey all California laws except the ones I tell you not to. And it's a fascinating thing because I I would like to say, well, if you're going to have us not obey those laws, could you do away with the speeding laws? Because I'm always behind and I'm usually speeding, you know, and I, I think if we're going to overdo some laws, we need to be able to pick and choose a couple of others. Okay, I'm being facetious here. You know, I am. But it is an interesting time when it comes to crime and crime solving because what they're doing now is directing the federal law enforcement to stay away from the local law enforcement when they are getting involved with crime and crime solving. And so that is going to result in a lot less human trafficking cases being solved because there there needs to be that close collaboration. In fact, the, all the Department of Justice grants are based on collaboration. We build these teams because back to scale and scope, these cases are getting so large and so many players and covering such a large jurisdiction that you know, you simply cannot afford vertical law enforcement thinking. In other words, what used to happen before we got into these collaborative models is, you know, you have a, a deputy reports to a sergeant, a sergeant reports to a lieutenant, and he reports to a captain. That's all very good, and our stats are based on the geographic area in which we operate. That's still going on. However, what we're starting to see is most of our cases, we're only got a piece of that case. We only have, my English is getting bad here, we only have a piece of that case. And so we need to work with Homeland Security or FBI or, or other groups in order to be able to see the entire case because they may have information on our perpetrator that we would never know about if we only stay in our own little vertical silo. So collaboration has been the name of the game in law enforcement management and and crime and crime solving, interagency cooperation. And what is interesting is along with this sanctuary state bill is some small wording to break down that interagency cooperation that is going to result in less effective case solving. So we have that uh, situation where we have millions of people coming into societies that are changing our society, and they see law and law enforcement different. If you're coming from Syria, you are going to view law enforcement a lot different than a person from California. If you're a young lady in Cambodia, you are not going to pick up the phone and call the police. If you're probably a young lady in Philippines, you're not going to call the police In that case, if you're getting violated on camera by some guy from Milwaukee, you probably are not going to do that. In many of these countries, the police are not necessarily your best friend. You know, some of these South American countries, um, what's going on in Mexico, they have whole states down there where the police are the cartel. And so you start having all of these entries into your society, they are going to view law and law enforcement differently. And so you have this kind of time in our society, and I'm not saying any of this is right or wrong. I'm just getting you to think about the impact of the changes that are currently taking place. When you watch the nightly news, usually we see, you know, um, there were 
five guys that were beheaded and their heads were hung from a bridge in, uh, in somewhere in Mexico. And we go, oh, my God. You know, but it never occurs to you the impact on on our society when a lot of those people are coming in and they belong to the same cartels and they are infiltrating our country. Now, not every one of them are. I know some great ones. I have a couple of them I would sponsor myself, you know, and I've helped many people that are in those situations. And I think the world of them. But I also know they're as afraid of their own people for us to decide that everybody who's crossing that border is just a poor, wonderful little person who just needs to be taken in and given the same opportunity we do is naive at best. I mean, that is like Dorothy and Toto. You know, these people are not arriving on a Greyhound bus, okay? They are paying coyotes. Coyotes are not members of the Chamber of Commerce. They get up here, and the coyotes are not going home. They live amongst us. They take young people that owe them money, and they put them in our schools. And some of those young people, for their own survival, they're not bad people, but for their own survival, recruit our kids, and off you go. So at what point do we say... This is wrong, you know, and how, how long do we look the other way? So we are seeing things like massive migration that's changing our world. We are seeing terrorism that is changing our world. Think about the terrorist acts that are happening here in the United States. Now, some of them are being done by American people. You see, what I'm telling you is you can't lump all people in a basket and go beware of all those people. Okay, you know, it's like saying beware of all plants. (laughs) And maybe you should be. No, no, I'm kidding. Anyway, you get what I'm saying. Terrorism survives because it's a crime that disrupts our sense of predictability. And so what you're seeing in the trend of terrorism and homegrown violent extremism is just it just takes two or three bad guys to change the entire United States perspective. When you have someone who goes into a bar and starts shooting up an entire bar or drives a car into a crowd of people, we experience that as if it happened ourselves. That is the nature of terrorism. And so it's a crime that disrupts your predictability. So even if you are not the direct victim, you are a victim. So you're having this societal change here where you can have a small crime in a local community and may not even be committed by someone from that community. And as soon as it all happens, you go, where was law enforcement? How did they miss this one? That they all, you know, all the all television, you know, they get on there. You should have known this. You should have found him. This guy was a nut. Yeah, well, he was a nut, but he didn't co- commit any crimes. So until he committed a crime, you, what are we supposed to do? Because we don't like him, follow him around? You know, this is an era where literally a small number of people can influence a large part of society, whether it's a no-go zone, whether it's MS-13 coming into our schools, whether it's a terrorist that is coming in and driving a car into a crowd. We are seeing a time where law enforcement is being dispersed and put into silos 
and laws are being picked and choose as far as which ones to enforce. In the meantime, we have major forces coming at us as a society, and we're saying to ourselves, where the heck is law enforcement? And why don't they get these guys? You know, well, the FBI knew about it, but that FBI guy was in Iowa, you know, and why didn't he talk to the guy in in, uh, Nevada and, and help the person over in Colorado and collaborate with the person in California? That kind of collaboration in at least one state in America is starting to be not dissolved, but certainly pushed to the side until all of this gets worked out. So I'm just kind of talking for the top of my head on this, but I would appreciate your thinking and your feeling because I'm always looking for trends that are happening in our society and how can we reverse trends that keep us from solving these cases? Because for every case we don't resolve, another child gets violated. You know, every time that we don't penetrate one of these, that leaves a perpetrator out there to violate our children. And so we're never going to get them all, but we need systems, we need laws, and we need to enforce laws so that we can protect our families and each other. Thank you for staying with me on this. We're up against that hard break again, and so be with me. We'll be right back. Thanks. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. 
That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome back. This is Opal Singleton. I am the host of your show. This is Exploited Crimes and Technology. No, it isn't. It's Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. I get my shows mixed up. As many of you probably know, I also have a show here in Southern California called Crimes and Technology every Saturday afternoon on AM 590, The Answer. So that's cool. Uh, So we're talking about the impact in this societal shift that I'm seeing. And I originally wanted to take this more into technology, but it seems like God's leading me in a different direction. So I'm just going to plow through this and see how it turns out. Uh, One of the things that I see in this societal shift is because of technology, we are seeing more and more uh, penetration within what used to be the Holy Grail, the, the sacred place of family. And I, and I would invite you to stop and think about this because I believe this is one of the keys to fighting human trafficking is to reestablish the family and family values and that family sanctity to get a, a virtual line, if you will, around your family and share ideas so that you have family identity. I share this with you because I want you to think about this. With technology, you now have the ability to have total strangers that come into your child's life almost at will and probably more often than you. And these are people that you have never met in many cases. They are being impacted by uh, many different outside sources are making impact on your child about things like morality, spirituality, sexuality. They are determining factors that you normally would, you know, in the past, you would be a family unit. You would be proud of who you are as a family unit. We're the Larsons and we're proud of it. Uh, You shared ideas and some families still do. And I believe you're the families that are the nucleus, the, the, the key to stopping as much human trafficking as humanly possible to make sure that your child doesn't get caught up in that. Now, I may be uh, particularly controlling about this. I am a very controlling person. I know that. I've always known that about myself. I like to be in control of the environment around me. But I do believe that's very, very important for the family, for you to kind of draw a virtual outline around your family and say, this is who we are, what we stand for. We don't look at pornography. You know, we don't kill cops and video games. Um, You know, we go for hikes. We go to the beach. We laugh, we, we have dinner together, we put our phones away, we teach each other to look at each other in the eyes, and that, that is one of the most important things you can do. These kids are lacking intimacy because they will tell you that. I mean, that why do you think they're constantly in what they call that social validation feedback loop? They're always looking for somebody outside to give them reassurance. But what is happening here is that because of technology, this is going to be more and more difficult to do crime solving, but it's also going to be more and more difficult to have unity as a family and have that be the core influence in your life. If you think about this, you have more outside influence in there 
and less family and more government influence and in what is going on in here. So I got to thinking about this because you know, one of the things that that is a societal shift is now 24-7, it seems like, 87% of kids sleep with their phone, they can, your child can talk to outside strangers. And so why that's so important is we're now getting tech, and you know, you adapted, mom and dad, you kind of adapt, you so I'm checking everything you write, I'm going to get one of those filters, we're going to have one of those software, and we're going to have one of those software programs on, I think, next week, the week after. But it's reaching a point where even those software programs can't tell you what your child's doing, you know, because we have encrypted messaging. Now, I can tell you that terrorists have been using encrypted messaging for a long time. And, you know, money launderers have been using encrypted messaging. But it's moving into your front room uh, with your children. And and think about this for crime solving. You know, why don't we just keep making this harder and harder and harder? If you want to know why they're not getting the bad guy, think about this. You have encrypted messaging. You can see the message go in. You can see the message come out. But in order to get a search warrant, you need to know what's in the message because the purpose of the search warrant is that you have a very specific thing you're going after. And if you have encrypted message, you don't know that it's in there. By the way, this is going to become even more difficult because starting May 28th, Europe is going the way of California in many ways, if you want to know the truth. They have something called the General Data Protection Regulation that goes into effect, GDP. PR. I have trouble remembering that acronym. But anyway, GDPR, you won't even be able to find out who owns a domain. They are going just the opposite. They're not going to tell anybody anything. It is all private. And it is going to be very, very difficult if your child sends her naked photo to her boyfriend and it's intercepted by a child pornography ring and it goes out to 200,000 pedophiles. And I really want to reiterate what I just said. Somehow parents aren't getting this. You know, when these pedophiles are out there pretending to be Justin Bieber and your kids sense a naked photo, they're not just going out to some pedophile who goes in the closet and drools over it and whatever he does. No. They're selling those out to large-scale child pornography rings in the dark web. So your child's photograph is being drooled over by as many as 100 or 200,000 pedophiles, and you'll never get it back. This is the reason why I bang my head against the wall. This is why I talked to 1,100 students yesterday. They need to understand the Internet is not private. And when you send that naked photo, it doesn't just go to the person you think it goes to. First of all, your government is trolling through every email that goes out there. Okay, it's called photo DNA. They have now intercepted more than 215 million images of naked and violated children, but 50 million of them, do, do I need to stop and say that slower? 50 million of them are our kids' selfies being sent off to their boyfriends and girlfriends. Our kids need to hear that. They need to know that when they push send, it isn't, nobody ever promised them it was private. You know, they think like Americans, you know, we have a right to privacy. The Internet's not a private thing. The Internet is an American. We need to talk to our kids. They need the big picture. I was thinking if I could raise the money, I would love to do a documentary about the history of communications in America and include this in it so that our kids understand. I, I think that's so much more effective than tell them don't send your naked photo. 
okay, if they can understand the progression of communication and realize what the Internet is really all about. But we gave them a high-speed highway and a Ferrari with no instructions. You know, we all look the other way and say, well, they're a good kid and they'll be careful. Are you kidding me? They're a kid, you know? Where, where the heck's mom and dad in your thinking when you think about doing that? So you have encrypted messaging. That's going to be a challenge for you and mom and dad. It's a challenge for law enforcement. We have live streaming. I'm very, very concerned about live streaming. That is called vaporware. Why vaporware? It disappears, you know. And in order to get a subpoena or in order to get a search warrant, let's get that right, you know, you have to have a history of some reasonable cause that it's there. You have to go down to the judge. You have to get them to sign up. You're never going to get that on a live stream operation. Those things don't last very long. And if they're not freeze frame, you'll never be able to get vaporware. And so I believe we're entering the era of personal responsibility. And I honest to God believe it is about education, but the right education. You know, the education that Teen Vogue magazine has given our kids using this technology is not the right education. They're smart. They use this. We did an entire show on it to make sure all the kids, 12 to 17, all the 12 to 17-year-old girls knew how to have anal sex, including a diagram in case they didn't know where that part of their body was, you know, including suggesting that they're still a virgin, that it isn't really sex. And, you know, this is crazy because we mom and dad need to catch up, okay? We need to understand this live streaming technology because it's right there in a video game. We cannot afford to be setting back and looking at this. We need to start to educate ourselves about Bitcoin and the uses and how our kids are using it. And we need to understand about blockchain technology. Now, I'm getting very technical and probably in over my head. But I want to just kind of bring you along with me to understand where we're going to be going in the future. Because what is happening here is we are getting technologies you can't even imagine. At my symposium, I showed a, a holograph whale. This whale, I, I, I should put that YouTube on uh, on my me and kids Facebook so you can see where technology is going in a school gymnasium a basketball court they projected a full-size whale and all the water coming up and of course it didn't exist so think about your child who's dancing on their on their video or excuse me on their live streaming and somebody makes that into child pornography you won't be able to have law enforcement protect you There are not enough laws for that, and it is, in fact, coming. In fact, many kids today have access to the dark web. You heard me say last week, I'm totally, totally against that. But you are seeing kids now whose parents don't understand, and they're usually the wealthier families because it costs a little bit of money to put all that stuff together, and they're having a dot onion account. That is in the dark web where they can get access to illicit drugs and all kinds of pornography. So where I'm going with this is crime and crime solving. You can't get a search warrant for a live stream. Even if you have something where they're projecting child pornography onto your child's image, that is considered art because it is not your child who's pornographic 
It is the projection on there. Do you see where I'm headed with this? This is all changing. And now what we're about to get here is Bitcoin and and uh, blockchain and decentralized computing. So where I'm going with this is we're entering an era of personal responsibility. We can't afford to sit back and go, oh, those computers are just too too complicated for me. No, you can't play that game. And we need to be a lot smarter when we hear news and talk to our children and start to educate them. What did we just hear? Is it true? Is it untrue? Is it an ad? Is it somebody's opinion? What did we hear? We must teach our children to discern the truth. Because the truth is, right here in California, we have a state telling us that one of our federal laws doesn't count. And they get to choose which one. So what's the truth of that matter? Okay, we're up against the break, folks. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Seduced, The Grooming of America's Teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers, will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited. Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome back to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. My name is Opal, as they said. Well, this show hasn't gone any of the direction that I had done my show prep for, but I'm going to just keep going with it because I'm speaking from my heart. And I really would appreciate your input. You're welcome to send me an email at opal at me and kids. I don't care if you're in Egypt or Spain or France or Ireland or you know, Minnesota, I don't care where you're at. Let me know who you are and what you're thinking of this because this is a global issue. Uh, Certainly, we have a unique situation here in California I'm referring to, but what I'm trying to do is just kind of paint for you the world that your child lives in and the need for the impact on family and being able to 
build a foundation with your child of who they are and what they stand for. I honestly believe that is the main way to keep your child safe from predators. Help them be solid people. This isn't about raising happy little kids. This is about raising a child that can survive in this age of technology where total strangers from all over the world can come into your home and influence your child. Your child is living in the first generation in all of history that can be reached by the entire world and the entire world can reach them and they can reach out. So we were talking about technologies. I I wanted to bring up that so many of these apps are not only encrypted or they have disappearing video or uh, disappearing um, like Instagram, but they also have money transactions attached to them. Now that is no accident, mom and dad. Snapchat has Snap Cash. Uh, your Facebook Messenger has a uh, money transfer with it. You know, all of these vehicles come with money transfer. Now, why would you do that? Well, first of all, your child has a Bitcoin account. You probably don't even know how it works. So I would suggest to you that if your child has a Bitcoin account, before you give them any more credit card payments, you sit down with them and understand how it works and make sure that there's no transaction going on there that you don't agree with. You bought the computer and you own the credit card. So you have every right, mom and dad. You're their banker. And, you know, let's teach them some responsibility of what they're spending money on. This is very, very important because even the online gaming world is starting into something called freemium where they will charge the child in the game if they can't solve the problem. And all the games are going to that. So don't be, you know, obsolete. Don't be obscure in your child's life. Sit down and start to understand what is taking place in your home. The reason I share this with you is we are also about to move to virtual reality. You are already seeing it. It's kind of cool with the goggles and all that, but they'll have it without all those goggles. And quite frankly, Grand Theft Auto is already preparing to put it in GTA 6. Now, this is not, you know, when you first read this, you go, well, that doesn't have anything to do with me. I don't need to know about that. Well, virtual reality is extremely impactful on your child's brain. And I am telling you that you're still the parent and you have every right to be involved with this technology. Learn it with your child. Just because your child knows it and you don't doesn't mean that you can just hope and pray your child makes it to adulthood safely and you'll die of old age without having to ever learn it. Get involved. If your child has a video game that is attached to an outside chat room, get yourself an avatar. You may be the worst player in all of history, but at least you understand how your child is thinking. And you can have dialogue. Right now, you just have a big piece of sheetrock between you. Okay, and you really can't see through there. And you can take whatever he says for it and hope and pray he's right. Or she's right, because girls do this too. Get yourself an avatar and then find out who's in that chat room and look at the chats. If you can't do that, do not buy your child a game. And your child probably will at some point threaten you with your life because all children want games. They're born and raised with it. 
but I am telling you, this is a whole new world. The world of virtual reality pornography is coming on. Now, I have a tendency to say, that doesn't have anything to do with me. I don't look at pornography. The world of pornography is billions and billions and billions of dollars. It is. I get it. But as it moves into virtual reality pornography, it won't be illegal because it is hard. It is not real based on that technology. Now, where I'm headed with this and where I intended to go, and and we're out of time, so I can't, I wanted to go into the blockchain technology because I'll just kind of lead you with this close, and then I'll try to have Lynn on next week. Where we're headed with this is that literally what a Bitcoin is is a series of transactions, and each of them validate the previous transaction. But you cannot see who bought the coin and who sold the coin, okay? It is anonymous and non-traceable, but it's very transparent. Now, that may sound like an oxymoron, and I've had a little trouble understanding it myself. You can see the transaction. That is the beauty of blockchain transaction. What I'm starting to see is many industries now are embracing blockchain transactions. And that is where literally hundreds and thousands of people hold the same identical uh, formula, document, if you will. They're using it in escrows. They're using it for diamonds. Walmart is starting it for inventory control. uh, And basically, it eliminates a third party. Okay, Uh, for instance, you deposit money in a bank, a third party holds it, they charge you a fee, you get it back. That is third party banking. When you get into blockchain, a lot of people are going to validate that transaction, not a third party. So from that standpoint, it is more transparent, but it is also more difficult to find out who put the money in and who took it out. They are actually using that technology to send child pornography around the world. That's right. Blockchain is simply a financial transaction that uses, excuse me, Bitcoin is simply a a blockchain. Let me start over. Bitcoin is simply a financial transaction that is using blockchain technology. Got it out. And so what you're about to see is blockchain technology is in essence decentralized computing. In other words, instead of having everything on a hard drive, it is all dispersed. And it will be challenging because it's all tied to a number. It will be very challenging to get that search warrant and track that down unless you have a number. So our world is changing, okay? I hope this show has been helpful to you. It's, uh, I'm not sure we drew any conclusions, but I thank you for going on the journey with me today. If you're interested in supporting the work of Million Kids and these radio shows and going after sex buyers and buying reverse stings and helping missing kids and and helping with this research and funding all of this, you can do that by going to millionkids.org and hit donate. I so much appreciate you. We are a small nonprofit. We live at at the gifts of other people. We so much appreciate it. I do not draw a salary from this. We put all the money towards trying to keep kids safe from predators. I so much appreciate each and every one of you that listen to this show each week and share it, send it on, pass it on, repost it, put it on your own site. I appreciate you all. If you want to reach me, my name is Opal. It's Opal at Million Kids, and I thank you for listening. I hope that you'll share this show with everyone that you know, and I so much appreciate you following Million Kids on Facebook. Have a great week, folks.
Thank you for tuning in this week to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Please join your host, Opal Singleton, for another edition next Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll have another important discussion next week.